Hello, crazies. Welcome back to Crazy Asian Chick, episode six. So it's been a pretty long time, hasn't it? It's been about four months since I last published my episode. So many of you guys may be asking, what have I been doing? Well, I've been pretty busy. I started going back to school in September. I've been working on refurbishing a dining table that we inherited from my husband's grandmother. Of course, the holidays have come up, and when you're married, you have to balance between two sides of your family. And I've been working on personal growth and maybe a little bit of procrastination with a mix of anxiety and depression. So let's talk about depression today. In particular, my depression, where it came from, how I see it, and what I'm doing about it. If I were to give a time frame to when it first started, I would say it was around June 2017. I mean, there was a lot of things that really led up to it, but there was a pivotal moment at that time that really set it off. Let me give you a little bit of background information. So in June of 2017, I was newly married. My husband and I had just gotten married that April. Prior to that, we had spent almost a year in a brand new city. We're originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where we had met, started dating, fell in love, got engaged. Since we started dating, we had both always known that there was potential that either he was going to move to a new city or we were going to move there together. And it was just before we got engaged that we found out that he was going to get promoted. Um, At that time when we got engaged, he was assistant manager for uh, a pretty big company and he was finally going to become a manager of his own store, which he had been working towards for as long as he worked for the company. And with that promotion, that meant that he was going to be moved to a new city. And if we got engaged, that meant I was going to. Of course, I could have decided to not go with him, Why did I decide to go with him? I do still think about that a lot, but I can't change my decision anymore. I can only just accept it for what it is and move forward with that. Anyways, fast forward to June 2017. My husband quit his job. Now, why was this event so pivotal in triggering my depression? Let me tell you why. So at this point in our relationship, newly married, we were still trying to, of course, figure things out for our future. The me back then had felt that we already did have a future planned. We had agreed that in about two years, we would start having children. He would 
still be working and I would eventually be able to be a stay-at-home mom. You see, growing up, being a stay-at-home mom was a dream. It was something that I had always thought would be nice, but would never happen. So growing up, I had always pictured myself being a working mother. It wasn't until I met my husband that he started really selling this dream of being a stay-at-home mom. And the more that he talked about it, the more I wanted it to happen. So much that it became my hope for the future. Because he was a manager of a well-known store, he made good money, which would be enough to support our family. So if he had kept this job, that was our plan. That was what I was hoping for. I have always wanted kids. And the vision of me being able to be with them, to be able to raise them, to drop them off and pick them up from school, to take them to their soccer games, to be home when they're sick, to know that they would know that I would always be home for them if they needed me to be. And it was amazing to envision myself doing this for my kids in the future. So when my husband quit his job, that vision, that dream of being able to stay home with my kids, that dream vanished with his job. And it suddenly felt like my whole world just crashed down on me. All of the weight of reality had hit me so hard that I honestly just started feeling numb. Now, a lot of people may think that he could have just got another manager position, right? But it wasn't that easy because he hated his job as a manager. And if you've ever been a manager, you'd understand. Customers complain all the time. His subordinates complained all the time. They complained about him to HR. HR would tell his bosses and then his bosses would be like, what's going on? What the heck? You need to do better. He would ask for more support from the main corp and all they would tell him to do is he just needs to do better. He just needs to be a better manager. But he was already doing the best that he could. And yeah, I knew this about his job. But when he quit, all I could think about was what he took away from me. I know it's selfish. And trust me, I used to and still beat myself up about it a lot. And that's also one of the reasons why... I fell deeper into depression as well. When he quit his job, I wasn't just depressed about that. I was depressed about everything in my life at that point. Him quitting his job was really just the final straw in my cup that finally just tipped me over. What I had been dealing with was a lot already at that time. 
I had just started a new job. My coworker who was supposed to train me up and left with no warning. Well, that's not true. She had put in her two weeks notice, but she left before the two weeks came up. So basically, I had to learn my job mostly by myself. So that was already stressful. Along with that, I was in this brand new city with no friends and no family but my husband. The people who I love and connect with, they're all a three-hour drive away from where I was living. So I was already feeling lonely and so overwhelmed. In addition to that, when he was working as a manager, he was working over 60 hours a week. So there were days where he wouldn't come home until almost midnight. And then the next day, he would have to leave at like 4 or 5 in the morning. And during the weekend, he was just so exhausted that all he wanted to do was rest. So, yeah, just feeling, I was just really feeling lonely and overwhelmed. Then when he quit, I just couldn't handle everything anymore. I couldn't handle life anymore. So much so that, trigger warning, I developed suicidal thoughts. And it's really scary and hard for me to admit it and say it. But I have learned to accept that I had those thoughts and that sometimes I still do. And I am learning how to move away from those thoughts. I do also want to clear that I wasn't suicidal. I didn't have plans on how to hurt or kill myself. I just wanted to die. I just wanted it to happen, to fade away and forget everything. And this is what they call suicidal ideation, which is different from being suicidal. However, regardless of which one, suicide is still a serious condition. And if you're having suicidal thoughts or plans, you need to talk to someone, preferably a therapist, but anybody, anybody you trust, anybody you know is willing to support you, let them know, talk to them, because the thing is, they might be having the same thoughts that you are having. They might have gone through the same thing you have. So you need to open yourself up to heal by talking to someone. It was almost a year later that I finally decided to see a therapist. I'm not sure why I waited so long. Probably because I thought I could deal with it myself. My condition started with anxiety which then led into depression, and then that led into suicidal ideation. And when I realized that those thoughts wouldn't fade, when those thoughts became more prevalent almost every day, I knew I had to do something. My depression 
back then really consumed me every single day. Even though I could still get up in the morning, get ready for work, go to work, and come home, I was really just a robot. People couldn't really tell because I'd keep a smile on my face. And I got really good at that. I'm, I still do that a lot today. I'd laugh and have good times with my coworkers, but when I wasn't with them, I'd go back to my thoughts. I would think about how hard it had become. I think about why it had to be this way. I think about why he'd quit his job and I would blame him for quitting. And then I would feel guilty about it, feel ashamed about it. Then I would try to think of ideas of how to improve our situation. But then I felt like I wouldn't be able to achieve them anyways because all I do is fail. And I did that a lot. I tell myself that I was a failure, that I couldn't do anything but depend on my husband and on my family, that I couldn't really do anything for him or even for myself. It would then lead me to think that I would just be better off gone. If I just disappeared, it wouldn't matter because I never mattered. I had no worth, or at least I felt like I had no worth, and I felt like there was no hope for me. After having all those thoughts, I then come home, do something that I felt meaningless, go to bed, and start the same routine over and over again. Even though I felt like shit, pardoning my language, I do have to say I was resilient. I was always determined to try to find happiness. Most of my attempts were to no avail, at least what I considered it to be. But nevertheless, I still kept looking for ways to survive. Maybe that was the subconscious part of me fighting to live, fighting against the will to just give up. So... I had decided to pick up a second part-time job to help supplement our income. I eventually did a no-call, no-show about a month later. I took a couple of months off the part-time work idea and attempted again. I lasted longer, but eventually I quit again. So I decided to open an Etsy shop. But that also went nowhere. And with each passing attempt, I just kept feeling like a failure because all I did was give up. And that produced a feeling of having no will for anything. My last attempt to find happiness that really drove me into finally seeking therapy was I wanted a dog. I knew that apartment wouldn't allow it. We already had three cats, and three was already over the limit. I knew my husband didn't want one, but I wanted one. 
One day at work, a coworker had sent out a mass email that they needed to give up their dog and they wanted to make sure that they were going to give it up to a loving family. So I immediately texted my husband. I said, I want this dog. Please, can I have this dog? He texted back, no. So I immediately called him. He still said no. But I begged him. I begged him so hard. And yet he still said no. Eventually, this spiraled into me screaming at him a few days later. For the first time ever in our relationship together, I screamed at my husband. I was so fed up. When I look back at this point in our relationship, I think another factor into my depression was that I also felt very out of control of my life. Most of my decisions back then were influenced by what I thought my husband would think, which really contradicted who I was or who I am. I don't like being controlled. I don't like being told what to do. I was very independent prior to moving in with him. So the fact that he was controlling whether I could have a dog or not, that really just set me off. It wasn't just a dog. It was him quitting his job as well. I mean, we had talked about him quitting his job eventually. But to me, we had agreed on waiting until I had finished my year experience at my new job. But when he quit, he had did it out of the blue and without consulting me first. He just texted me that day and said he turned in his two weeks and I felt like I had no part of that at all. Honestly, the bigger issue out of the whole thing was he and I were really bad at communication. And I didn't realize this until I finally started meeting with my therapist. It's interesting thinking back on it now. I was a little disappointed when I first started going to therapy. My therapist kept talking to me about communication. And all I wanted to do at that time was talk about how much my husband didn't want me to get a dog. Now, I understand what she was trying to do. It was really about communication the whole time. My depression was about communication and about learning to control what I could control and learning to cope with the things that I couldn't control. And the things that I could control was finally making friends and making time to hang out with them. I had always gone along with my coworkers. They're amazing, great people. I still adore them to this day. But it was after I started therapy that I really pushed myself into seeking opportunities to hang out with them. I started seeing the benefit in surrounding myself with other people. It distracted me from my own thoughts and it allowed me to connect to other people again. I had been away from my friends and family back at home that I had become really secluded. It was hard to connect with my original friends because they were so far away. 
And when I first moved to the city, I didn't really see a benefit to making new friends because my husband and I, we both knew that eventually he'd move to another city or we'd move back home again. After I started therapy, I was determined to find happiness. I was on a mission to find a reason to live. So I accepted any kind of connection that was offered. And I offered as much opportunities as possible to connect, either with my coworkers or with my friends back in my hometown. I was getting better, but something still kept bothering me. I still felt like my future was unsure. Even though I was searching for happiness, I needed something tangible to look forward to. And I think that's why I wanted a dog so much. I needed connection, happiness, and I felt that I could get it if I got a dog. Anyways, I couldn't get a dog, so I tried the next best thing. And that was... I needed to go back home. I needed to look forward to being back with my friends and family to rekindle my lost connections. And nothing was going to stop me. I had decided to move back home without my husband. Of course, still stay married to him. But at that time, he had found a new job and he needed the job experience. And I selfishly didn't want to wait another year to move back. So I made arrangements with my friend who had an extra bedroom in her house. My husband and I talked to my in-laws about me eventually moving in with them until my husband would be able to move back too. Long story short... It all went smooth. I moved back, got a new job that paid well, reconnected with my family, saw my friends more often. My husband eventually moved back. We bought a condo. I decided to go back to school. I had to convince my husband that it was going to be okay. We're learning to communicate more. Now I'm back in school. Still get depressed, but I'm learning to not let it keep me down. That's why I started a podcast. And I've also started mentoring people as well. And because of the mentoring, honestly, because of everything that I've gone through, not just my depression, but everything in life, when I started mentoring people, it inspired me to become a life coach. So I have paid for and started my training to officially be certified as a life coach. I'll let you know when I'm officially certified. Now, why did I decide to become a life coach when I think I'm such a failure? Good question. It's because I know that I'm not a failure. Even on the days that I may feel like one, like the past four months, because I haven't posted an episode. Despite all that, I know that I'm not a failure because I'm still alive. And now, more than ever, I have reasons to be alive. I have things I'm grateful for, and I really 
just love mentoring people. I really enjoy connecting with others and seeing them progress through their lives. Since June 2017, I do feel like I've grown a lot as a person. I don't look back at my past mistakes or regrets and see them as regrets anymore. All the challenges that I faced and confronted, they've all made me a stronger and better person. I still get days when I feel like I really suck. Most of the time, it's one day and then it just knocks me down for a couple days, weeks, or even months. But I always know to push myself back into the strong person that I want to be. And that already shows how strong I've become. This feeling of empowerment and growth, I really just want to share that with everyone. That's the reason why I started this podcast and why I decided to become a life coach. Happiness is fleeting, but it doesn't mean you stop reaching for it. Life is hard and you will fail a lot. But when you get that win, it's the best because you know how hard you worked to get there. I'm currently on my journey. I will always be on some kind of journey. I have a lot of things I want to accomplish and achieve. I may not achieve all of them, but what's that quote? Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. So that ends my episode for today. Thank you so much for stopping by to visit the Crazy Asian Chick. Make sure to visit the Crazy Asian Podcast Facebook page. You can also catch me on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe and follow to get updates on the episodes and my crazy life. Shoot me a message. Give me a rating. I'd really appreciate it. And if you really like the podcast, feel free to share it with your friends and family. I've posted the suicide hotline along with other 24-7 lines that you can dial in to talk to someone. They're all free. It really does help to talk to someone. And always remember, you're not alone. You are worthy. You are loved.